In the Weird and Obscure podcast, old and new cases will be reopened, where everything will be questioned. And now, your hosts. Hello, welcome to the Weird and Obscure. I'm Sam, and here's my co-host. I'm Madeline. Did you know that today, even with all our new advanced technology, 40% of all murders in the U.S. went unsolved last year? And one of these murders that went unsolved, but it was 1956, on December 27th, was the Grimes sisters murder. It was when Patricia and Barbara Grimes went to see a showing of Elvis Presley's new song, Love Me Tender. They'd already seen it 14 times, but go back for 15th. The girls had left at 7.30 and were due home by midnight. And their mother, Loretta Grimes, expected them to stay for the double feature, but still expected them home by midnight. But then midnight rolled around and the girls weren't home and she started to worry. Two of the girls' older siblings went to the bus stop to wait for their sisters. But by 2 a.m. in the morning, it was clear that something bad had happened to the girls. A search was quickly assembled and the last known person to see the girls was a friend of Patricia's. Her name was Dorothy Weinhart. Although she left after the first film, she had been sitting behind the sisters and reported seeing the girls at concession stand, at the concession stand seemingly in good spirits. The search grew to become one of the largest citywide hunts in the history of Chicago. There were random sightings of the Grimes sisters all over the states, people from all walks of life claiming to have seen the sisters, though none could be confirmed. The police, having no leads, could only surmise that the girls had run away, and even though their mother rejected the idea, saying their girls would never do such a thing, the search stalled out after an exhausting month of dead ends. Then, it was January 27, 1957, when a man, Leonard Prescott, and his wife, stumbled across the bodies of the girls on German Church Road, Willow Springs, Illinois. They thought they were mannequins at first due to their pale skin, but it was the girls. Their faces had been mauled by animals, and as many suspects were apprehended for the murders but had no supporting evidence to their claims. One of the most publicized was Edward Lee Bell, who confessed and, again, had no supporting evidence to his claim. An autopsy was performed on the girls after they had thawed out, and the official cause of death was murder, but the only explanation was secondary shock due to the elements. Though the Grimes sister case went cold many years ago, an author and former criminal investigator might have cracked the case. He claims that another murder incident on Bonnie Lay Scott in Il- was similar, taking place about a year after the Grimes sisters in Addison, Illinois. They had the same non-lethal marks on their abdomen, and the man for that crime supposedly made a call to Loretta Grimes bragging about getting away with both murders. Johnson also claimed to have spoken with a girl who was 14 and taken with the Grimes sisters and escaped, but didn't come forward out of fear. Charles Leroy Malquist was convicted for the murder of Bonnie, of Bonnie and sentenced to 99 years in prison, only serving 11 before his re- release, and the Grimes sister case remains unsolved. However, there is a Facebook gr- group administered by Johnson called Help Solve Chicago's Grimes Sisters Murder. Today has around 100 1,380 members. Now going to be 1,381 because I've joined the group. What mysterious thing, what mysterious story did you have to tell about some demon children? (laughs) So I'll be talking about the Sodder children. So it's Christmas. It gets sadder and sadder. (laughs) So it's Christmas Eve, the year is 1945. Um, We're in Fayetteville, West Virginia. So we have a family of Nine kids and two parents. That's asleep. a lot of children. It is. It's so much. And poor mother. That's not even all of them. There's still one more that's also in the army. Can you imagine that grocery bill? That's 
Oh gosh, you've never been rich. <laughs> My parents spend a lot of money and we only have three kids. Okay. <laughs> um so the whole family's asleep and around one AM a fire breaks out. So George, Jenny, and four of their kids escape, but that leaves five more other kids. Um, so these five other kids were believed to still be in the house. So George, the father, tried to get to them with the coal truck. Neither of his two coal trucks worked, but even though they had worked perfectly the day before. Um, he had also tried using a ladder that was usually perched up against the walls outside, but it was just missing. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. No, you are correct. Um... So, something that was also strange is that the phone lines had just been cut, which, that doesn't just usually happen. This doesn't add up. It really doesn't. Um, and so, uh, one of their daughters, Marion, tried to use the neighbor's phone to call the police. Um, they couldn't get an operator response. Another neighbor also tried calling the police, but they couldn't get an operator response either. Um, in the end, a fire, the fire department arrived only only once it was too late. Uh, there's no trace of remains, no bodies, but that's very strange because um, many experiments were... Conducted? Conducted, yes. Um, and they, it was found that uh, the fire couldn't have cremated the bodies, so where were they? Um, and where so, are the Sauter children? Ooh. And they, are they alive today? Probably not, because it's 2018, and this happened when? Uh, it happened 1945. Oh, they're probably dead if they weren't ready from the fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the fire was said to be due to faulty wiring, but that doesn't seem... Faulty wiring? I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> um, so there were some strange occurrences before the fire, like how a few months earlier, a strange man came to the house asking about hauling work. Um, he went to the back of the house. I'm not sure why. There wasn't really a reason offered. Uh, I suppose they were showing him something out back. But So he pointed at two separate fuse boxes, and he just said, This is going to cause a fire one day. Uh, and, which was especially strange, because George had just had wiring checked, and it was said to be in good shape. So did he mess with the wire so that there would be a fire? That sounds like something that would happen, but... He was, it doesn't sound like he was investigated, either. Conspiracy theory. Mm. Um, there's another incident where, incident where uh, a man tried to sell the family life insurance around the same time as that visit. Um, Apparently five kids did not get life insurance. <laughs> when George declined, so none of the kids got life insurance, oh. um, the man said, you're gosh darn house is going up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed which is that seems like a bit of a threat <laughs> um said so you're going to be paid for the dirty remarks you made about Mussolini uh this is referring to Benito Mussolini who was a dictator of Italy from 1925 to 1945 um it was said that George had made many remarks about Mussolini that meant all of them were negative, and he would usually get into arguments mm, about this. He's a this. politician. Definitely. <laughs> he has some sway, some power. <laughs> um, and then, just before Christmas, so just a little while before the actual fire, 
Um, the older Sodder kids noticed a man parked along the highway, just carefully watching the younger Sodder kids, which a little stalkerish. A man carefully watching your children. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Doesn't seem suspicious at all. Seems totally fine. <laughs> so there were some sightings of the children, uh, like how during the fire, the wo- one woman saw the missing children through a window of a car driving away. Um... And then, 50 miles west in Fayetteville, Charleston, a woman saw the children with two men and two women. She tried to speak to the children, but the men were hostile and kept the kids from speaking with her. Um, It could be mentioned that all of the adults in this group were Italian. Maybe it was the Italians. It's the Italians. And their pasta. Pizza. It's darn Italians. Their mushrooms. Now it's time for another murder case. This one is about Amber Hagerman. You might know, you might recognize the name Amber because of the Amber Alert, pro- Alert program. Have you ever gotten an Amber Alert on your phone, Sam? Yes, and scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Now you know what it means. What did you think it meant when you had gotten the alert? I was confused. I was just like, what is happening? I was just like, oh, it's for missing kids. I'm like, what? That's, what? Yes, and the Amber Alert program was named after Amber Hagerman. After her murder, a woman named Diana Simone, who was a mother, who had never even met Amber, questioned why broadcasters had sent out, would send out severe weather warnings, but nothing when a, kid, when a child was abducted. Maybe if the community knew Amber had been abducted and was aware of suspects and vehicle description, Amber could have been located before she was killed. This idea had snowballed, and what was Diana's simple request became the Amber Alert program. This program is now used in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, Indian Country, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and 22 other countries. The program has resulted in the recovery of 897 children, but not one of them was Amber. If it's a bittersweet that way, the mother thinks it's bittersweet because you can't help but wonder what if it was around before her child was abducted. Could it have saved her? But now on to the actual murder. It was on January 13, 1996, when 9-year-old Amber Hagerman went on a bike ride with her 5-year-old brother, Ricky. They were trying to make the most of a winter day in Arlington, Texas, and Amber and Ricky spent time playing in the abandoned parking lot of a grocery store that had closed. It had a bike ramp used by many kids in the neighborhood. They played together in the parking lot for a while before Ricky decided to head home, leaving his sister on her own. Minutes later, Amber was abducted, and four days later, a man walking his dog stumbled across her body in a creek behind Forest Hills apartment complex, less than five miles from the parking lot where Amber was last seen riding her bike. The autopsy of her body revealed that A, she was kept alive for two days before being taken, and B, she was beaten and sexually assaulted before her throat was slit and she was thrown into the creek. There have been many theories, but there is only one that is plausible. This theory is that Amber was kidnapped by a stranger. This is from a supposed witness, but he could never be confirmed. A 78-year-old retired machinist, Jim Kevin, supposedly witnessed Amber's abduction from his backyard. Amber was riding her bike alone in the parking lot when the opportunistic killer jumped out of a dark blue or black pickup truck and sister snatched the little girl. Jimmy stated that Amber screamed once and was kicking as the man hauled her in the trunk. Jimmy described the man as white or Hispanic, around 25 to 40 years old, uh, under 6 feet tall, with a medium build. After Jimmy called the police, they were on the scene in minutes. Even though Amber's family and some members of the community 
were looking, they weren't able to locate her in time. This could have been avoided if the Amber Alert system had been implemented earlier. It could have saved even more kids. Kids like Amber. Stranger abductions are extremely rare and difficult to solve. There is usually little to go on, and forensics were of little help in this case, as Amber was found naked except for a sock, and the rushing water of the creek washed away any critical forensic evidence. There had also been a large storm, so there was a tre tremendous amount of water flow over her body, which obviously made it hard to trace and to trace any anything in terms of evidence. So Amber's killer was never caught. It's pretty messed up. Yeah, you shouldn't just sister snatch a child. <laughs> but something strange. Just the so the brother just left her. Yeah, he went. He went home. It's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna leave you alone. Totally safe. I don't like being alone. I find it extremely scary, so I would have gone home with our my brother, and she was the older one, so she shouldn't have let him go alone either, I don't think. She did scream once, supposedly. I think she could have, she should have screamed more, but we don't know what happened because the witness was not reliable. Perhaps she saw, like, a trusted person in her life. Yeah. Uh, could have been someone she knew, could have been a stranger, but, I mean, she screamed and kicked, so... That would make me think that it wasn't someone she knew, that a man just came up and snatched her. Sounds about right. But even though it is really sad that she died, and but we can't do anything about that now, we can still try to find her killer. Um, but thanks to her, her death wasn't for nothing, because now we have the Amber Alert system. So if you ever go missing, we can receive an alert and know what a vehicle looks like that you might have been taken into or the suspect, what he looks like to locate you so you don't end up like Amber Agerman and so many kids have been saved from this program. Just, just saving lives. Well, thank you for listening. That was all for the Weird and Obscure. We got some murders, some, myster some mysterious children. <laughs> just disappearing in a fire well we hope you come back to listen next time bye bye <laughs>